Welcome, everybody. I'm super excited tonight to be talking to Sarah about everyday scrying, and this is Trisha Diaper from the Spiritual Freedom Group, and um, I can't, like, even tell you how excited I am. <laughs> I, know, I know I was just telling you that, but we are going to be talking about um, everyday scrying, and on the Facebook forum, she had posted earlier a obsidian scrying mirror, which is really cool. <laughs> Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here and um, doing this call with me. Oh, hi, Trisha, and hi, everyone in the Spiritual Freedom Group who's listening or listening to the recording later. Thank you so much for inviting me again. You invited me back, so you must have liked me the first time. <laughs> uh, I did. I, en- I enjoy every time when we talk. Um, I know we chatted through Facebook, um, but I enjoyed our first call and... Um, I always remember about that first call is I guess when you were going into the Akashic Records and I mm-hmm. was like, get out. I'm like, oh, oh, someone needs to get out of something. <laughs> so um, it was very, you know, I, I love these calls because they're so informative and they're from everybody's different perspectives and they're from how everybody does things so differently, which is I think is great for me and everybody um, listening to the call. Mm, I so agree. And I, I love your group. It's nice that it's growing. I think there's a whole range of people doing all sorts of interesting things and we're all I think we're all learning and growing together. So good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think everybody's growing and learning and it's you know, I, I'm finding um everybody's supporting one another and giving feedback and, and answering. So I'm I'm happy about it. I really am. I'm excited. Um and it's interesting, like Jennifer just posted just a couple of minutes ago about she's always she was just crying too. And um I, I Let's just get started. I would love for you to give me, like, the definition of what you think or what you know as scrying because I don't think I know what the hell I'm talking about when I talk about scrying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I looked a couple of things up just to be clear about definitions, and it was really funny. The more I wrote about this, the more I realized I've kind of always scried, but I didn't know that's what it was called because it's it comes from the old English to descry, D-E-S-C-R-Y, or Perceive or look beyond is uh, two of the meanings. So um, in very old-fashioned terms, uh, describing is what your local gypsy would do for you. Uh, I don't know if anyone ever went to a gypsy reading. I went to a Romany gypsy reading when I was like 17. I went to Portsmouth Pier in the UK because my friend said this lady was good, and she was good. And what she did, she looked at the backs of my hands and the front of my hands. And obviously she was reading lines and things, but I think she was using the hands as a way to clear her mind and read energy as well. So um, gypsies would use, you know, a whole talk. You ever heard the term about reading tea leaves? Yes, I've heard it. I've heard it. I've never really done it or seen it done. Now, I've never practiced it, but a lot of people um, seem to find it interesting. Again, I think it's just another activity, you know, a way to clear the mind. And then you've got the very, you know, the ones you see in the movies is the big crystal ball, right? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So um, some people, and and then in the movies, if you ever saw it from the perspective of the person scrying, you know, the crystal ball goes kind of misty and then something appears in it, uh, you know, or in a pool of water or something like that. So um, it's just, a, I suppose it's the movie way of trying to show us how we're connecting within to our, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a way to clear the mind and enable us to play and be freer and um, 
simply um, open our minds to the fact that uh, we're looking, using our clairvoyancy, our third eye, uh, yeah. in, a, in a very specific way. So I think any of the tools that people use, you know, whether it's a crystal ball um, or an obsidian mirror, which I got by complete synchronicity, it was really funny, um, you know, any of those things, they're a mechanism or a tool by which we, we enable ourselves to open our third eye in a particular way. That's that's my take on it. don't know if anyone has any thoughts, comments, or questions so far. Well, I, I created my mirror, which I posted, and I and I haven't really done it. But um, sometimes what happens to me is like if I'm looking at a, a flame uh, of a candle, I seem mm-hmm. to kind of zone out and... I'll get pictures. Yes, that's it. That's actually the mind state we're looking for. So, so you any tool can be used. That zoning out is actually the key. And uh, I've got quite a bit of information about that because I also hopped into my own Akashic Records just before this call and um, asked them for some extra bits and pieces. Um, oh, and I also posted something in the little event thing. We can always repost it in the Spiritual Freedom Group. Um, but they gave me three very definite steps, actually four, including setting protection, because I think that's always a good thing if you're, if that's what you need to do, is to, you know, clear a space or have a space that you feel safe in. And you're only asking for things, you know, from the light with the highest intention, however you clear the space for yourself. So there's with scrying, I think there's three easy steps. Bearing in mind we're dealing with the clair, the clair that is the clairvoyancy. You know how people talk about the clairs like clairaudience, clairsentience, and so on. Um, is first of all just pick an object and see what's actually there. That's step one. Just look at what's there, and just take time to really observe it. So um, step one is like looking into like your mirror that you have or my picture frame that I have or even the flame and just kind of look at it. Right. It could be a fire. It could be the fire burning um, and the flames are flickering. It could even be you're in a car and you're a passenger and you're looking out the window and things are whizzing by, you know? Yes. Okay. So there's many ways to do it. And and one of the things that my guides kept chatting to me about when I was playing with my obsidian mirror, they actually said, everybody's got an obsidian mirror, you know, or most people do in the West these days. Uh, And I was like, well, what's that? And they said, well, people have iPhones and iPads and Android phones. And when the phone isn't active, it's a black screen. (laughs) And I was like, oh, (laughs) You could actually I use never, that. Yeah. I never even thought about it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because we're used to like the silver mirrors, aren't we? Which are in later times. That's what uh-huh. people used. Yeah. But original mirrors are made of obsidian because they didn't have the silvering or the technology to make the glass. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, first step is see what's there, whatever tool it is you're using. And then the next step is to play with what's there. So just pretend, you know, imagine, go, oh, I wonder if I could make that little reflection look pinker instead of blue. Or, you know, maybe if I expanded this, if you were looking at your face, for example, because we can do face scrying as well, which is really fascinating. Um, but if you were looking at a reflection of your face, what could you change about your face in, from the point of view of how you're perceiving it? So it just, okay. that gets your left brain a bit more busy. 
uh, and then ask for what else, step three is ask for what else there is to come on in. So the three steps are first see what is there, then learn to play with what is there, and then ask for what else there is to come on in. And for a lot of people that might be a quick process, and I've got lots of other ways you know people can get there these, these are all just suggestions um, so um, play with what is there and then ask what else is there to come on in and that's what I did with when I got my obsidian mirror which by the way my husband refers to as my black um, coaster because it does look a bit like a coaster you could put like a glass <laughs> of wine on it or something um, <laughs> So I just stared at myself and what happened was I turned into a little wrinkly old version of me and I was like, oh great, <laughs> hopefully that's not really me. <laughs> um, but I was actually face reading, which I don't know, other people in this group might have had experience of, but if you look, you can do this in the mirror, you can look in one eye and then switch to the clairvoyant mode and you can sometimes see past lives or future lives. Um, um, and your face, some you know, a lot of the basic features of your face will change the same, but other images will flicker through. So I saw my little old lady. That's what happened to me. I was me, but very wrinkly, which in some ways, Trisha, is good news, right? Yeah, that's what it is. It's very good news. <laughs> but when you say um, you're looking in the mirror through one eye and then you're switching to your clairvoyance, I don't understand what you mean by that. Okay, so this, this is where the extra... Um, suggestions come in so you know when you normally look in the mirror um, uh -huh. you know our minds are probably in all sorts of different places like for ladies we're putting on makeup right mm -hmm. or you know we're, we're actively doing something uh-huh or, yeah. or we're in a state of mind I'm combing my hair or I'm brushing my teeth or so that's every day how we use a mirror so um, instead of doing that it's always better to start with a slightly darkened room as well it's a little bit more conducive to switching off your busy mind so start with a darkened room look in your mirror and just really look and try and go quiet inside okay. uh, uh, yeah does that make more sense yeah so that that's step one okay now, um, you were the lady who recommended to me the, um, the four different ways to know your intuition, you know, the spiritual, uh -huh. uh, physical, mental, and emotional. Yeah. Remember that book? I'm trying to remember what it's called. I even reviewed it on my blog recently. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I do know Sorry, what you're talking about. And it's on, my, it's on my thing. I just got to find it. <laughs> That's all right. I'm looking for it too. I can probably find it. Um, Discover your psychic type. Thank you. Thank you, yep. ma'am. Yeah. So on Discover your, in Discover Your Psychic Type, they were saying that we all have one, you know, really strong channel where we're more, uh, we have a type or a, a way of being where we're more uh -huh. intuitive or psychic. So just before the call, as I said, I went into my own records and asked my master's teachers and loved ones, how do each of the types, the four types, get into this state when they're trying to scry? And they gave me some really great to-dos, which I can always type up in the group afterwards if people oh, want to wow. see them. So in the, the spiritual, if your um, intuitive type is um, spiritual, then you do things like imagine your crown chakra opening up or imagine yourself looking up inside your head to your third eye 
or have that slightly floating focus of attention feeling where you throw people who have the spiritual channel will know what I say when I say you throw your attention or energy outside of the room or outside of yourself. You'll know that if that resonates for you, you already know what I'm talking about. So, and then for the physical people, this is what I got. This is really interesting. Jump up and down, swing on a swing. <laughs> I used to swing for ages when I was a kid. I don't know about you. I loved the swing. Yes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So Hours that, I used to do it. Right. Swinging. I'm getting chills about that. So swinging on a swing is really great for physical people to open the intuitive channel. Uh, something with movement like a skipping rope. Or just simply daydreaming. You know, physical people are actually pretty good active daydreamers. So, wow. And then, okay. yeah. So, I, as I say, I'll type all these up. People are free to take notes, um, but we can. I can stick these quickly on the on the group afterwards. Um, so then I I had to laugh at myself, Tricia, because I was writing this down. I was saying out loud to myself, and what about the mental people? And then I was like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'm one of those anyway. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I'm actually crazy to begin with, so. <laughs> but, you know, if you're somebody who, who accesses your intuition through the mental frame, you like, you know, you get thoughts dropping in, um, you're inspired. Some people, I mean, let's face it, like Einstein were inspired by math, so he's a really good example yeah. of a men mental intuitive. But anything that balances the left and right brain, so there's brain gym exercises you can look up, which I used to use in business. You can do something like a, a crossword or a puzzle, you know, something that involves mental activity, but it's kind of relaxing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So evening out both sides. And then I asked about the emotional intuitives, and I got some really interesting responses. And this made me think of my mum, because she used to do um, a lot of this. But um, if you want to really start opening up your uh, clairvoyant channel, um, if you like crystals, which a lot of emotional intuitives do, talk to them. Isn't that a strange instruction? Have a little chat with them. You know, how are you today? How are you feeling? And it will just give you this really nice feeling. You'll generate a buzz between you and the crystal, and it will help the third eye open up. And then also talk to plants, which my mum always talked to plants. And she managed to grow African violets in Britain for years and years. The same ones, I think, lasted her 20 years, which is really oh, hard wow. to do. Yeah, she's yeah. a very clever gardener. So um, big emotional connection for her with nature, you know, the out outdoors. Um, this is a good one. Look at using. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I okay. I I see that we have spiritual, physical, mental, intuitive, and what was the next one? Like you were talking about talking yes, to your crystals. Yeah, emotional. Emotional. Okay. So this might. Is there be... anything else that I mean besides talk to your um, crystals that would be on the emotional? Yes. Yes, there is. Who am I talking to, by the way? This one was that. Yay! Hello, Lizette. Nice to meet you. Hello. I love your Gorgeous accent. World. I'm like totally going, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I love yours too. So, you have one too, you know. I know I do. <laughs> I, I have a cross between Minnesota, I have some southern accent, and I don't know. So I, I'm just a, a mixture. So. so you're from all over. <laughs> Okay, so this is a fun one for the emotional intuitive. I thought this was really cool. Look at puppies and kittens, you know, like those cute 
kitten mm -hmm. videos and things because it just it helps you free up the heart center for intuitive work so because that you know you're very feeling and some of you might be attracted to several of these but you might you know find you're attracted to more, one more than the rest another one they suggested was dancing you know prancing around that frees the energy nicely if you then want to sit and do some scrying and the last one they said definitely for the emotionals was to gaze into a fire that works for me really well mm. although I didn't realize it at the time yeah I didn't recognize what it was but I definitely like to um, look into candles yes yeah so the warmth and the 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 fact that there's burnt, you know, physical movement of the energy and all of that will appeal to many um, emotional intuitives when it comes to trying to open the third eye. Would that also include, like, the smoke from your incense? Yes, if you like it. You it's know, really because I get entranced by watching it. it. It'll, like, swirl and dance. And I've actually have taken pictures, and I've, I've seen things, and I, I actually caught orbs. And yep. um, it was amazing. Well, so I, yes. you know. Yeah, smoke could be, uh, I think that's, people on the, other people on the call who are more knowledgeable than me could correct this because I've only worked with a shaman, but I do think uh, using smoke is uh, a, a big American Indian practice too. Um, you know, seeing smoke spirals and interpreting them and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and then, I mean, there's always, um, with the shamanic, the, um, I work with a shaman, believe it or not, there was a shaman here in Wichita, the buckle of the Bible <laughs> belt. <laughs> and um, she always used a rattle to get what she called altered. So, you know, she would open her third eye by shaking a rattle, and that was enough for her to just open up. So um, once you find the activity that suits you, um, it'll become quicker and easier. So, does anyone have any other questions yet? I've got other info here, but I don't want to keep on talking and talking. I suppose the, the essence of it is, is have fun. So, another book, because Tricia, you don't realize that you're a channel for books and things. I, I read the E2 and the E3 books after you mentioned them yeah. in this group. Uh, Pam Grout says in E3, she says, being in a playful state releases you from the left brain trap. It allows you to let go of the mental constructs of limited space and time. So anything you can do to play and, and the, the attitude of oh, it doesn't really matter will actually help you be better with the clairvoyancy or any other clair you're trying to um, grow, in this case with scrying. Okay. So basically, let me get this right. The scrying, it actually allows us you pick a, let's say, um, like in my case, I hear a lot of stuff in my head. That would actually allow me to hear even more? Right. You're crossing the channels over. I'm really um, just connecting scrying with the use of the third eye or clairvoyancy. Okay. So uh, if you wanted to work more with clairaudience, um, because scrying tools are related to uh, seeing visions. I see. you know, Yes, yes. Okay. Does that make sense? So yes, I got you. Right. So a clairaudient would do more exercises like practice listening to sounds or listen to music they really love, something like that. I see. Okay. Okay. 
So I don't know who else is on the line, but um, I'm, I'm being guided to mention clouds. Does anyone scry with clouds or ask for clouds to show them a shape or something? I have. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that Lizette? Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm Lizette, yeah. So what, what results did you get, Lizette? Um, well, I always did that when I was little, like when we would travel, I would, you know, watch the clouds and I would just look for things and I would be like, oh, it's a dog. And, and mm -hmm. then I would watch it and it would turn into, oh, no, it's looking like it's, you know, the one time we, we saw a cloud and I, I swear it looked just like a dinosaur. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a dinosaur. And like, and then it morphed into something else. And I mean, so it's just, I, I've always kind of, I mean, I can see things in my curtains. I mean, I can just look at mm -hmm. my curtains and just zone out. I can look at tiles on the um, ceiling, you know, when I was at physical therapy, and mm -hmm. I would see images. Um, and then the recent was with uh, uh, um, my incense, you know, where I was seeing things, and I actually took pictures of it, and I could see. So that was, you know, very, very um, interesting. So, yeah, clouds can be great because we're looking up as well. So, um, you know, there is the scientific view that, that, you know, when people see, I think they call it cloud busting, you know, when people look for pictures in clouds and things mm -hmm. for, for fun kind of thing. People can see, yeah, it is a brain function. The brain does look for patterns, you know. So, you know mm -hmm. how you have all those funny pictures that people say, can you, you know, 3D pictures and stuff like that. Can you see the picture in this or whatever? And mm -hmm. you have to look at it a certain way. Um, and that's true. We can do that with clouds too. But the, for those of us who are working uh, in connection with the spiritual realm, then there'll also be a connection to um, the messages. It's kind of like the Matrix, you know, seeing the numbers behind the image, just like in the movie The Matrix. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, like you say, you, in your case, orbs came through. So you were, it's almost like you were accessing a portal or just being open to spirit in that particular way. So they wanted to show you something kind of as a response so mm -hmm. yeah so Jennifer can you, can you hear me mm -hmm. yes hi Jennifer hi <laughs> hi Tricia <laughs> hey Jennifer so I'm the one I posted on about um in Trisha's group about being you know discovering I can look in crystals um mm -hmm. and see different images and things but mm -hmm. I had a few years ago um probably 30 minutes in the clouds, I saw something. It was dominated mostly by an, an angel with only one wing, which I've never quite figured out. <laughs> but she was um, very large, just one wing, had a heart over her head, and then all these other different images um, came on for a while. I ended up, I went in and, and wrote all of them down, and I still have them written down, and I've never fully figured all of them out. But it was um, it was at a time when I was getting ready, had been laid off from a, a job and then I just you know looked up and saw this and I felt like it was even though it was a message I didn't understand I felt like it was you know somebody reaching out to help so so yeah it's that's almost like a message direct from spirit using the clouds isn't it right, much, right. yeah as much as it is you know your intention uh, probably you you may have whether you realized it or not sent out a message of some kind that that you needed comfort um and so that's how it came through for you. So, yeah, clouds can be that too. 
um, but we can play with them to help open ourselves up to be even more receptive. Um, so have you ever tried asking the clouds to be a certain shape? No, I have never tried that, no. No. I live in really windy Kansas, so there are some days here where the clouds, I love, they're some of my favorite days. Coming from the UK, I love windy things because it's always windy there. Um, but they come over and, you know, I've asked for certain shapes and maybe I'm just encouraging my brain to see them. But, you know, that's a fun little thing to do if you have like 10 minutes and you're outside with a drink or something. Sit on your deck right. and see well, what you can see. Well, I would think of scrying or in the crystal or in the clouds, it's almost like lucid dreaming, like we're tapping... It's spirit, but our um, our own subconscious, you know. So it's like tapping. <laughs> it's sort of what's there already, but you're seeing it more, if that makes sense. But anyway. right, I I really yeah. feel the truth of that. I think it's what we're what's really we're interpreting on the inside being reflected on the outside mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. I totally get that. The the most power. I had a cloud message, the most powerful one ever. It was the day after my mum's funeral in 2010. And I was walking down the road from my mum's old flat apartment to a friend's place for coffee. And for some reason, I looked up into the clouds and they were all just sitting there. Well, these, you know, there was no wind. They were just sitting there. And this one cloud, I have a picture of it, turned into an angel. It was like somebody drew it with a crayon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I, took, I managed to be present enough to take a snap of it. But I know that was my mum. You know, so wow. sometimes we mm -hmm. can... We can get the message, the active message from spirit too, I think. But, uh, um, you know, clouds are great to play with from the point of freeing the mind. You know, like they say, like Pam says, from the left brain trap. That's what we're trying to get to more and more, isn't it? Yes, definitely. So there's clouds and uh, Lisette said ceiling tiles. I've always seen, when I was a kid, um, my mum had one of these carpets like um with indian type paisley patterns on it you know like a persian rug mm -hmm. i i used to sit on the floor and spend hours looking at that thing and see all sorts of faces and shapes and stuff in it so um that's another good way to play you know if you've got something that's very patterned that you like you could just be looking at it and see what shapes pop up or what images seem to become apparent to you now that you mentioned, this is Jennifer again, you mentioned it, I remember as a kid um, in different rooms there were patterns on the walls and I had, there were a couple of animals I saw at the time, which very well could have been my, um, you know, spirit animals. But I would see them, I remember being little and talking to them even. <laughs> I could see them in the wall. and Anyway, so I guess I've always seen the patterns and haven't realized that's what I was doing. Yeah, this is a funny thing because when Tricia first asked me, well, can you do a talk on scrying? I'm like, well, I don't really do that with clients and I've never really thought about it much, but I kind of feel like I know what it might be. Um, yeah. But then, you know, when I when I actually sat down and thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I've actually been scrying since I was little. I think it's a function of our intuition, really. So that is too cool. So, um, oh, the one. One of the most powerful experiences I had of scrying, most unusual, I've only ever had it once. And you know how when you have a really amazing experience, you're like, let me see if I can do that again. Let me see if I can do that again. Yeah, um, yes. Oh, but it only ever happened once. I actually got to see an aspect of my own energy because um, I practice something called the EMF balancing technique, the electromagnetic field balancing technique. And... Um, 
I'd been taking several of the courses, which uh, as you work with other people, you're giving and receiving sessions sort of all day long for a week. Um, so you get very, you know, big vibrational kick up the bum, basically, and you're like out there. <laughs> so <laughs> I went home after the course. And I, I, for some reason, I darkened my bathroom and I looked in the mirror. I said, come on, I want to see the energy again because I'd seen it briefly around other people. It, uh, the electromagnetic field can look kind of golden with sparkles of light, or almost like round disks of light. And there are loops as well, figure eight loops in the energy. And you also have there's energy inside the body as well because it connects all the chakras up. Um, so I was looking at my own, trying to look at my own electromagnetic field. And as I looked at the mirror, I swear it was like a star. It lit up, went all the way across the front of me like it was on a track in my vision and then went round the back of me and went out. And I was like, yes, I did it. <laughs> I saw my own field, but I've never been able to do that since. So it's just the one time, but maybe that was all I needed, you know, to actually just see it myself. Because they said, well, if she asks, so we'll give her a little demo kind of thing. So what does the darkening of the room do? I mean, does that help just to kind of help clear your mind so you're not, like, looking all over the place? Or is that – what exactly, like, if, if you're darkening the room, because you were talking about, like, if you were putting on your makeup and stuff, if you darken the room – Mm -hmm. What exactly does that serve? What does it help you do? That's an excellent question. Is that Lisette? Yes. Yeah. Excellent question, Lisette. By the way, if I tried to put my makeup in the dark, on in the dark, it would be an even worse mess than when I <laughs> try and do. <laughs> so I don't recommend that. But um, jokes aside, um, I actually learned that technique from a really cool energy worker called Victor. And I went on a course of his. He's so uh, cool. He was the CEO of a big software company in the UK, and he left it all behind. He made a bunch of money, left it all behind, started only to be called by his first name and, and went around. I don't know if he's even still doing it, giving all these energy um, teachings to people. So I had a long weekend with him, uh, along with a group of others. And he set us an assignment every evening after the course to go and do something. And he said, when you're starting to see, to try and perceive energy, because um, he had us try and see auras and things like that. Um, he said, it's always better to start in a darkened room because your eye has less to look at. So it's not darting around trying to take everything in. It's just like, well, all I can see is a person who's like a shadow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the pupils open up some, your mind relaxes a little bit. And you just see what is there rather than using your perceptual filters or bias to think what is there. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially it. And I saw some really interesting things. He taught us an eye softening technique, which is um, like you look at the middle distance. Um, so, you know, for example, if you, to know if your eyes were softened, you kind of wave your hand in front of your eyes and it's kind of blurry. Do you know what I mean? So you're looking out beyond your hand rather than at your hand. So um, we started practicing that, and then I saw some really interesting things. I saw these weird colored rings around my friend, and then her, her aura went really big and dark. And he gave them names. I can't remember what all the names were. But by the second day, most of us could see auras actively around other people. Really? Yeah, with focusing oh. on it. But I, I've never been able to do it for a long period of time. He had me do it 
what he did to make sure we all got the experience, even if we couldn't see it all the time, was he stood next to us and lent us his energy so that we could see somebody else's aura, which was really cool. So, you know, you saw all the colors and you could describe it and then they would change their color aura. So I tend not to see, but I already know what I, I get it through a different intuitive channel, what color the aura is or what's going on with it. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, if, I think if you're just naturally more clairvoyant, then you'll see auras more than most people will. It's just the way yeah, it is. I, I wouldn't say that I, I see auras, but I definitely have seen some things, like, within the last probably five, six weeks. And, you know, I had seen a figure, and it was on the wall. It was while I was having physical therapy, and I was just, my eyes were zoned out. You know what I mean? Because you're just mm -hmm. relaxing. And I literally saw a figure, you know, lined, but it wasn't, you know, it was like the vibrations of the energy was around it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there was I, there was no face, no nothing. It was just an outline of a person. And then it was like I just kind of sat there and I was like, wow. And then when I realized what I was really looking at, I, I had to take a double take. But, of course, by then, then I, it kind of shifted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thank you. Um so that's so, what I find very interesting, and so I keep trying to see that. You know, that is, that is fascinating. That. That is, so you understand the reason for the darkened room, then why that might help? But did I explain mm -hmm. that clearly? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So you know, I I learned I learned so many things from him that weekend. Some of them, you know, didn't really wake up in me till later. Like a lot of these teachers, you know, you think you go there for certain things and then years down the line you go, oh, that's what that was for. Um, so, yeah, that's why I suggest the darkened room. It just frees your mind, really. And then, you know, we're so busy. We've got so much bias uh, in our vision with, you know, there's the whole thing about things we expect to see and things we really see. You know, so much of that goes on when we're very active in, um, um, and not necessarily present, but just looking at things. Um, so it's just a question of playing with those different states of awareness or or uh, ways that your mind works to see what works best for you when you're doing this kind of um, practice. Awesome. So um, I have some other stories, unless people have got more questions. The stories might key off some questions. but Well, I know we've had some um, additional callers on the line, so if you want to ask a question, all you have to do is um, press star, the little asterisk key 7, to um, ask Sarah any questions. So for some reason, my eyes are being called to seeing faces in things because um, I wrote down a number of points. So when I was a kid, I spent years, um, every year, in fact, till I was 18, going to a place on the Isle of Wight, which is a teeny tiny island at the bottom of the UK. And there's a place there called Shawfleet, which is a, like a river going out to the sea. And I had a great time there being the kind of dreamy kid that I was because I could spend days out in my dinghy on the water. And so I would row around, you know, and look at the swans and the sky and the water and everything else. And I always used to think that the boats had faces. So hmm. that's a, that's another fun way to play. You know, when you look at a car or a building or maybe even an arrangement of curtains in a house when you're on the outside and the lights are on, it kind of looks like a face. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a fun thing to play with if you're looking to kind of open up uh, the intuitive mind and not have the left brain just go, well, that's just a house, you know. <laughs> that's just a car. And you go, oh, look, it's smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a lot of fun. So, does anyone see anything in trees? I don't see anything in trees, but I find, for me, I see lots and lots of faces, and I don't even know, like, like I'll almost get a reel of faces, like a, a film reel, you know, um, it's just going by with a lot of faces on it. Oh, wow. When does that happen, Tricia? Um... Usually with some type of energy work, whether I'm doing it, receiving it, uh, I always seem to, and I don't know, it's like you, you could tell it's, I've seen Indians, I've seen women, I've seen men, you could tell they're from different generations. It's um, very, and I still don't understand what exactly I'm seeing. I know I'm seeing faces, I don't know who they are, if they're related at all to me, or if it's just people who are popping up and saying hello. Mm, that's, are you giving or receiving sessions? both fascinating well i get um certainly till i learned to put a stop sign on it uh i used to get them uh all the facing when i went to bed it would be like a slideshow you know like here comes another as soon as i close my eyes there'd be a slideshow of faces so that there can be a number of reasons that that is happening one can be um Actually, this is going to count for you too, I think. Um, Sometimes you were an oracle or a seer in a past life. So the uh, third eye can get quite active when you're relaxed. Um, That's one reason. In your case, I'm kind of getting from the gut that you might even be seeing, either for yourself or for others, a series of past lives. So if you're working with energy, the energy always changes upon observation and starts to rise up. And so you may be able to perceive it um, as the stored information, you know, in the Akash, which is in our energy field and in our DNA, um, as well as in the planet. So um, I don't know if that resonates for you, but that's one reason why that could be. Okay. You're talking about closing when you close your eyes, like at night and when you're quieting your mind. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of, um, uh, how should I say it? First, it's like I'll, like I'll see like these, I don't know, like swirls of color, mm-hmm. and then I'll start seeing images. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wind up getting, or that's what I wind up seeing like when I'm quieting my mind. And, you know, I'm doing my breathing and just trying to relax and just let my my body just kind of like, just kind of melt into my bed. But that's what mm-hmm. I get as I always get like the dancing, you know, swirling colors and then I'll start seeing images. And sometimes it'll even be just like, I definitely have a lot of orbs and I'll mm-hmm. have like certain colors that mm-hmm. will be very prominent. And then... Usually, you know, sometimes I'll get like a feeling of I know who it is, and then sometimes I don't, and then I'll just fall asleep. So I don't know if that's 
if you can explain that. Well, some of it we do have, again, we got to always differentiate between what's happening in the physical body as you know, as well as, as what is happening with our higher self, our connection to the soul and, and the spiritual realm. There is a brain mm-hmm. function, you know, where the brain, when it's sort of winding down to sleep, or this could simply be an explanation of what the spiritual is that science is giving us right now, you know, and we haven't mm-hmm. connected the two. Um, but people do see a number of images. There's a name for it in science. I can't remember what it is right now. It's a funny name, but people can see images as they're falling off to sleep. And that can just be the brain, you know, turning off for the night, going to a different frequency uh, in preparation Mm -hmm. for sleep. But if you're seeing the images and, um, I mean, you're seeing colors as well, um, there's probably a way that you either see, feel, or sense energy, first of all. Um, When I was a kid, I used to lay in bed at night when it was dark, and I would look at the bottom of my bed because I didn't know what it was, but I could see stuff moving you know, like energy moving, Mm -hmm. and then it would rush up the bed towards me. All I didn't know what I was doing was changing the focus of my attention. And then I would hide under the sheet and go, (laughs) has it gone yet? And then I would look again, and it would be back at the bottom of the bed, and then it would rush up, you know, and then (laughs) hide again. Because I didn't have anyone to talk to about this. So my mum was very energy sensitive, but she'd been shut down. So I just used to get the look from her, you know, if I discussed anything of this nature. So, um yeah, so that's some of it you can be seeing energy. Um, it almost feels like you're doing a dimensional shift to me when you're talking about the colors. A dimensional shift? Mm-hmm. You're so, actually... What would that be? Well, like your mind, you're freeing your mind or your spirit to go to the higher self. It's almost like okay. you're fl- floating up. That's just my my take on it. You know, don't take that okay. as totally red, but that's what I'm getting from my intuition. Um, and then... You said sometimes you feel, uh, you sense that something else is there or another being is there, something like that? Oh, yeah, I can I can definitely feel. And then um, I also have where I can feel like, you know, it's like if I can feel padding on the bed or I can feel something actually like will touch me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can feel that. And I will be in the room and I, I'm thinking, okay, did my kitten just walk across the bed and I'll put on the light <laughs> and she's way over on the other side of the bed and, and there's no mm. way that she, you know, and she's gone. I mean, she's like, you know, sleeping, you know, hasn't moved. And so I know, and this has been going on for, for a long time. And, um, but because I'm more open to it, I definitely sense it more. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I definitely have, you know, the physical, um, where I can, you know, if if I have, if I see an image in my head when I'm, like, going to sleep, I know who it is. You know, it's, okay. it's like, it feels like, you know, it's, it's that impression of that person. They're telling me that, you know, they're there or um, it's usually my dad. And um, then I so have... So is he no longer with us? Is that what you're saying? Correct. Mm-hmm. He died when I was, like, 16. Yeah, I was wondering and about the spiritual mediumship. Is that Lizette talk, that's talking, right? Yes. Yeah. I I think that to me that having only realized in the last couple of years that I'm a natural medium, to me that very much sounds like you're making connection with loved ones. Oh, it's amazing how 
my house is is a very active house, um, mm-hmm. and I I'm so used to it. I don't even think about it. But like my mom came to visit at Christmas time, and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" She goes, "Do you know how noisy your house is?" And I looked at her like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and she's you know I'm like serious, and I'm like when she's like, "Well," she goes like, "And there's like walking, like she can hear walking, and like um." You know, there's padding of the bed, you know, like when she mm-hmm. was in there, you know, somebody was padding the bed. Um, there's other things, you know, like I would go take the dogs and I'd say, come on, pups, let's go lay down. And we'd go upstairs. And, I mean, I know that my house is, is active because my one dog, he'll, all of a sudden he'll go, woof, you know, and he's like, who's there? And, but I don't hear anything or sense anything, but I'm just so used to it. But, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, she was like, Man, she goes, your house is active, and I'm just like, okay, you know. But yeah, you know, it can I, certainly get that way. It can feel like a train station sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah, that can that can certainly happen, Lizette. So to close the hopefully close the loop a little bit on the scrying conversation, uh, folks. If anyone's got any other questions or any ideas they'd like to throw in at this point, I think we got ten minutes left, uh, Tricia. Yeah, we do have about um, ten minutes left. And since we touched back on the spiritual, I would like to ask you, um, when you had said earlier about your energy, like you're pushing your energy out, mm-hmm. um, I've been doing that lately. So like, like was it when I weird. said throwing the energy out from the body or finding yeah. the energy? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. um, I tried to explain it when we did um, yesterday when we did the uh, the dice, and when I looked at it, I'm like, red. And I'm like, mm, wait a second. So I actually stopped for a second, and I was breathing, and I took my energy, and I threw it out, uh-huh. and I came back yellow. Neat. So um, so you came back yellow. You said you were, sorry, did you say dice? I'm not quite sure I got the connection with that. Yeah, we that did um, the, that intuition. We did an intuition uh, game oh yeah, yes, gotcha. It was Maybe dice. Connection. It was yellow, red, and white, I believe. And when I remember red. looking at it, and I took mm-hmm. red, I'm like, oh, it's red. And I'm like, but wait a second. And I stopped, and like, I and it's been weird because I've been doing that the last few weeks, literally throwing out my energy, and mm. and I don't realize I'm doing it, but I know I'm doing it, and I don't know if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> so. It does make sense, and a lot of people can do it in different ways. Uh, as a kid, I used to do it because I love to connect with nature. So and my youngest daughter does this too. When she's in the car with me and we're driving, she doesn't like to talk because I know she's doing what I call throwing out her energy. She's like popping out outside of the car. You know, she's going over to that house over there and having a little look inside and then coming back again. <laughs> Okay. I I used to love to do that on the London trains, you know, because you can see with all the lights on, you can see into people's houses. And I'd go and have a quick look at their life and come back again. Although it was a little bit voyeuristic. It's not something I make a habit of these days. But <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to do. You know, the biggest energy throwers like that on the planet, I've actually met um, a remote viewer called Joe McMonagall. And I trained with him for a day. And... So you you know with the this that's probably the like the that scrying at nuclear level you know um, Joe McMonigal and a number of other people were employed by the U.S. Navy 
quite a few years ago now in a project called Project Stargate. And it was during the Cold War around that time and they, they were all asked to keep – it was a form of scrying. So they were using um, geographical locations and photographs in envelopes from satellites and things like that to throw their oh, wow. psychic energy out and see what they could see in a remote location. And they actually managed to track that the Russians were building a large submarine in an underground bunker. It was a nuclear-powered submarine. Um, wow. And so you can, you know, you can look up Joe McMonigle online, and there's another guy that worked with him, David, somebody who's now doing... Uh, astrology, you know, more different stuff. But um, I got to learn the um, remote viewing for a day, which is a really interesting way to use the intuition. Uh, say I still freely using for a part, so <laughs> there's all sorts of uses for that kind of thing. But that that's like scrying, you know, PhD, I think. Um, wow. But yeah, people can, can that, that's one way to throw out your energies. What you're talking about is to, like, I mean, uh, I, the extreme, it's all, probably almost like by location, you know, that I've ever done that. But, you know, they talk about people being in two places at once. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So I don't know if anyone else has done any remote viewing, but I did do it and really enjoyed it and got some good results. And it helped me understand a lot of things. But, um, that one, if you do it a bit too much without the right training, can make you feel quite unwell. Can make you feel sick and dizzy, which you know happened to a few people initially on the course he did. So it's something to do with, with care and with the right intention, of course. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting. Like the intention was like, I'm like, huh? What what is the which dice is underneath the 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 cup? Like that was for me anyway. But it seems like I'm pushing it out. And it's coming back with that. It's coming back with people's information, both who've passed and are alive. Mm -hmm. I'm like mm -hmm. reading their energy somehow. I don't know how I'm doing it. But that's something that's, that's really taken off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, the more you can work with that and become cognizant of um, how you're going about it, the better and more effective and intuitive you can be. Um, you know, but obviously, as with all things, if you're doing that for other people, do it with permission. Because um, I used to be a bit of an energetic voyeur myself. You know, I would hop around tables in restaurants and then nudge my friends <laughs> and go, see that person over there? They've done so-and-so. You know, which really is very nice behavior <laughs> when it comes down to it, but I could do it. So. <laughs> so basically, you're trying to tell us you're a peeping Tom. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, you know, if we can manage our energy like that, then yes, I think there's a degree of which we can um, we can certainly do that. It also comes in very handy if you're in a dark street and you're a lone female at night too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh wow. So yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, there are lots of good ways to be able to throw out your energy and figure people out as well. It all comes down to the intention. Really behind it, yeah. you know, you can be. And I tend to steer clear of the party tricks these days because. You know, at the end of the day, that uh, you, there's enough nasty energies out there without acting in a way that, you know, might have them stick to you and you take them home. So, oh, yeah. Like, it's your op like if you open yourself up to something and mm -hmm. if you open, like, that portal or whatever, and then right. some 
low energy would come and it sticks to you. Correct? Right. Is that what you're saying? Yes, okay. because if the intention is off, then the lower energies tend to get uh, a bit more excited about you. The best example of that that really put me off doing this was when I read, uh, I'm a big fan of John Edward. I don't know if anyone here knows who he is. Um, no, but now I'm intrigued. It media. Did we just lose her? Sounds like it. Is it because I said John Edward? <laughs> I don't know, but all of a sudden you went dead silent. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, there was this really weird boinging sound. So are you still there, Lizette, or did we lose you with the energy? Am I here? Oh, you're here. Yeah, you're Jennifer. here. Yeah, went, it, there was this funky, like, I don't know. Somebody's, like, trying to say hello or something. I was like, huh? Ah, maybe somebody else was trying to get on, or it could have been a little confirmation from the universe. But this is what John Edwards says anyway about being voyeuristic. You know, if you're scrying and you're thinking about being voyeuristic, because this subject is about, you know, clairvoyant ability, he says uh, you've got to be, he's very careful about that um, and about getting himself all, avoiding getting puffed up about how well he can see things. You know, he used to do the dinner thing, you know, in the restaurant as well, like looking around the room and going, see that couple over there? You know, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. And uh, he said, the lower energies are attracted to you because you're emanating ego in your energy field. And um, they'll hook on. And then um, they like the taste of ego. So that's kind of off-putting in itself. And then what they'll do is, if you're not careful and you get even more puffed up, um, they'll feed you stuff that make sure you're still a good medium, but it's coming through them. It's not coming from source. And the reason they do that is they feed off you. They say, uh, uh, like a spiritual medium or somebody who's a spiritual practitioner in ego, uh, they say it's like crack to them. It's as good as crack. So do you really want to be a, a crack dealer in the spiritual realm or do you want to do things with good intention and the right kind of focus. Mm-hmm. So that really put me off, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped doing that. <laughs> Unless it's for, you know, self-defense or something like that. You know, it's funny how you said, you know, about your ego. And like when I do drawings of my cards, if it's or my oracle cards or my tarot cards, I always mm-hmm. say like, you know, it's just a very simple little thing as I ask for guidance from my guides and my angels. I thank them for their guidance. I also ask them to, um, you know, basically it's something to do with my ego. It's like mm-hmm. to, to take away my ego and to allow me to see with clarity and to see through what they're guiding me with. And I never realized how important that was, you know, to just say, please take away the ego, you know, take away my ego. But now it mm-hmm. makes complete sense. And, you know, because I, everything that I do, it's like if I'm touching something, you know, and I'm using these cards, I don't want it to have anything, you know, with the low energies. And I do ask them to keep the low energies at bay, you know, at, you know, and I will, I'll do other things, you know, if I have to, you know, with mm-hmm. incense or things like that. But I mean, so far I've been very fortunate where I, I haven't really done you know, I've, I've felt that. So that's that's interesting. 
about the low energies and how they're attracted to the ego. So mm-hmm. thank you. You're most welcome. So Tricia, I guess we're kind of winding up the call here. Um, make sure if anyone else has any other questions that didn't get answered on the call, um, they can post them on the in the group and we'll see them, right? Absolutely. Um, I will post the call in a couple of minutes, and then if anybody has any additional questions, they can, you know, ask. And, and then you can also, you know, hook up with you on Facebook or in the Spiritual Freedom Group, you know, however they want, they can, you know, meet up with you as well. Yes, question away. And you're on, yes, and you're on Facebook, um, you're Sarah Lawrence Henson. That's correct. It's my mother's maiden name, um, and actually after I got divorced, uh, uh, I... I didn't go back to my old family name. I took her maiden name. So I've kept it and I still use it in my work because I feel it brings her vibration through and she helps me. So, Aww. Yeah. so she's, she's around. <laughs> Great. And I, I will type so, up a few notes and add them to the group probably tomorrow. So that would be anyone... great. That would be so great. That sounds great. great. Well, to Sarah, I want to thank you so much for coming on and for um, shedding light on this and having this conversation with us. And um, I want to wish the rest of you guys a good night, and thank you all for coming on and joining us. Um, it was great talking to you, Jennifer, and you, Lizette. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, Thanks, everyone. It was great. Thanks so much, Tricia. Thank you. Okay, right. bye, all. Thank you, Have guys. Bye. 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 The moderator has left the conference.